friends, Romans, country. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, it is a real honor to be able to come and preach the Word of God um, before you guys. And Let's stand real quick. I'm going to say a prayer. I want you to pray after me. God, speak to me. Amen. All right, you can sit down. I'm, uh, I really appreciate this opportunity, and it's really appreciate what you know Wayne is saying about the presence of God coming on Thursday nights. Come join us for all the conferences and everything that we do. God is moving. It reminded me of a time when I was a when I was, when I was pastoring in Seattle. I was going through a really rough time in life, and you know you're the senior pastor of a church, and you can't be having a rough life. <laughs> And I was going through this, putting on a good face, and I remember sitting, sitting in my, uh, the chair that I usually sit in, like Timothy. I sat in that chair, except for, you know, up there. And I remember sitting, I was praying, and I was just, things are heavy on my heart and on my mind, and I said, God, would you show up despite of me? In, you know, you know. and I heard, immediately I heard him, I, sh- I show up because of you. And it was just, you know, it really brought, you know, relief and strength that no matter what I went through, God showed up. You know, he's not like, figure it out and I'll show up when you got it all figured out. <laughs> right? He is the comforter. I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to keep this short. Mark chapter 16, I want you to just hold that and we'll get to it in a second, but I got, I came up with this little thing, it's kind of, it's corny, but if you know me, that's just my style. <laughs> what nation has the highest population? <laughs> it is a joke, it's a stupid joke, but I'm quite impressed with myself, huh? No. Well, that's a good guess, but on earth, (laughs) what nation has the highest population? Procrastination. (laughs) Seriously, right? There's a lot of people in that nation. How about this one? The most creative nation. You'll catch on in a second. The most creative nation. Imagination. The most stressed and worried nation. It might be us right now in America, but consternation right there. The brightest nation. Ding, ding. This is, okay, this is my favorite nation, and the best kind of nation is donation. (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) That's all I got for that today. I made uh, the first four up. The last one my friend made up. (laughs) So I was just in Seattle. It's good to be back. It's weird because it rained here and didn't rain there. It was awesome. And we, uh, I was at a wedding and I got to sing at this wedding for an amazing young lady. That's in, you know, she's considered one of my spiritual children. 
And so it was an honor to go there and lead worship for for her and her groom. And uh, it was really cool because they had a moment in the ceremony where they invited, like, she texted certain pastors that she has a relationship with, and she asked us to come up during a certain part of the ceremony. The, the one who was overseeing the ceremony would invite us up, and we would pray and and uh so i get up there and i i just know her heart she says i she'll she knows i she lets me do whatever i, I want to do so i get up there and i'm just laying hands on we're surrounding them and i'm laying hands on them and i just start going after it in tongues and i'm just like i'm praying i'm going after it and like, fire <laughs> right and i think the people around me were a little nervous some of them weren't because they, they, I know them and we, we have a history and they're, they're just as fired up. And, and so I was just going after it, not even, I mean, I could feel this weight just come down and fire. My hand was on fire. And then uh, I remember after I got done praying, my friend looked, he turned, he turned to me and he said, dude, my whole right side of my body was on fire. And uh, so I remember I was, we were praying and at the end of the prayer, we were praying Korean style because there's a lot of Koreans, and the the head pastor, who was a Samoan, he's an awesome guy. He turns to me and he goes, "Hey, I want you to pray for, I want you to pray over them." You know, so he gave me the mic, and I don't know, just stuff started coming out, and I was prophesying and and just declaring that their marriage would be this beacon of light that would people you know who are contemplating divorce and going through all these different things in their marriage and and just the love of Jesus just declaring I was preaching by praying right I was preaching to a bunch like there's probably 300 people in the room and I, I just whatever and I I left the prayer and then afterwards my pa- uh, the guy who was officiating came up to me is you have no idea what happened he said that if you would have if you would have turned around, you would have seen people all over the room weeping, like the presence of God just filled the room and people started weeping. and And he said something was happening. And praise God, Amen. So it was a good trip. It was a, it was fun. It was good to be there and see a bunch of faces from my old church and and just different people that were there visiting my parents. It's really good, and spent time with my brother, my other brother who lives up in Seattle, Tacoma. But I, when I was there, I love Seattle. Like my heart still burns for Seattle. Like that's just that's where I grew up. That's where I learned all the things I learned, ministering to the college students and all these things. And and so when I went up there, I'm just going to be honest. I was grieved. Like my heart was heavy. It just felt different. Hey, nice shirt. <laughs> Seattle. And so I, my heart was heavy for, it just felt different. And I stood next to my one of my spiritual sons, and he told me, he's like, Pastor, it's just not the same. It's like, you pour into these people, and... They choose a lifestyles and just things that you know just break your heart. You know, you invest I, sixteen, seventeen years I invested into 
you know and and so I was a little discouraged and I remember driving home after my trip to Seattle I was like God what is what's what's the hope for Seattle you know what are, what's what's your plan and you know I was praying and asking God and and I had this discouraging and then You know, sometimes it feels like, and the thing he's began to show me is, you know, when it feels like he removes his presence sometimes. I know God's always with us, right? I understand that. But the sense thing I got when I went, it was like, it felt like his presence was missing. I can't explain it. I mean, I can feel his presence, but there was a dimension of his presence that I couldn't sense, if that makes sense. And so it felt like it was, and it just felt like things, just seeing life, people who were fired up. I mean, I people who were ready to go to the mission field for the whole life. And it doesn't even seem like they walk with Jesus anymore. It's heartbreaking. Like, And so, you know, I started looking at it. It's like, man, it feels like the enemy has just taken over. And even in America, it just feels like... The enemy is bigger than God. That's, you know, he's not, but it seems like he's just really wreaking havoc right now. And so I was leaning into it. I was like, God, what does this all mean? And, and then he started talking to me about tsunamis. And how tsunami works, like right now the earth is shaking. The earth is just, you know, when Donald Trump became president, shaking really started happening. And... What happens when an earthquake ha- hits is that the water recedes and it looks like it's retreating from the land when it's actually gathering up to crash over the land. And the thing the Lord was showing me was that it do- what it looks like in the natural is not what's reality. That what you're seeing is actually the wave of my glory is gathering and it's going to come down. It's going to crash down upon Seattle and all these different places. It's. I'm excited for that. That's. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Anyways, that has nothing to do with my message. But that's just what I felt when I came down and just wanted to share that with you guys. Just to take encouragement. You know, if it looks like things aren't going our way the wave is coming you know when it says the bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood that god will raise up a standard (coughs) thanks Wayne. thanks marion better hook up your life vests and everything because it's coming (laughs) anyways you know uh how many of you ever gotten into a car? Like when I, I used to pastor, when I was in Red Bluff, I you know I I would travel when we moved up to Reading. I would travel Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, sometimes Fridays, Thursdays, and Saturdays between. So I basically was there the whole week. I should have just built a tent and lived there. But I would travel a lot. I mean that's thirty miles each way. I go down there for juvenile hall, or I want. I go down there, for, or used to go down there for feeding the homeless, uh, leading prayer meetings, team meetings, church meetings, and every other meeting that you can think of. And 
It's a long drive, right? When you drive something that many times, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but there have been times when I've started at my house and got to the destination, and I do not remember anything in between the drive. And it shocks me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad I didn't kill anybody. Because, <laughs> you know, you kind of go, your mind shuts off, you go on a cruise control, and you just get there by the grace of God. I don't know if that's just me. It's happened to me a, a bunch of times. And and the thing is, I, I think we can do that as Christians in our life, like our walk with Jesus. We kind of just go into... Con- cruise control mode and we don't really look at our lives and examine it through the holy spirit you know we're not supposed to look at our lives outside of the blood of jesus and outside of the holy spirit right it's his leading but i think sometimes we just go through life because we it's been it's a long journey and sometimes we just want to veg vegetate and just go through it and just hope we make it through this season right and that can be dangerous. And I don't think, just as it's dangerous for me to mind, go blank in my mind when I'm driving a two-ton car down the freeway 70 miles per hour, you know, we, you're all important, powerful people. And so I've been thinking about this, like, and I have been praying, God, investigate my life. Look into, you know, that's what it says in the Message Bible. It says, investigate my life, you know, Psalm 139. And praying, God, investigate my life. I, I, want, I don't want to, you know, I, I believe in the muscle memory Christianity. You know, you train, you do it to the point where you don't even have to think about it. But that doesn't mean we disengage the brain. That doesn't mean we just throw this out and just go through the motions. God wants all of it, heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? Everything to be involved in the whole process. He's renewing the whole person, not just the soul and the spirit. and he's, The whole being is being re- renewed. And, and so I've been praying, God, investigate my life. I, I want to I want to live a life of purpose. I want to live knowing that I'm not just a robot. I want God, I want you to speak to I want to be so engaged. I want to make decisions with wisdom and insight and all these things. And so God, investigate my life. Show me things that are not in order. Show me things that aren't up to par with you. I don't want to walk through life assuming that I've got it right. Right? I want you to t- I want you to judge me now, God. Right? I want him to speak to me and say, Joe, that ain't right. I want him to do it now before we get to the uh, the great judge, the throne, you know. Judge me now. And so that's what I've been praying. And the thing I've been talking to him about most is, what do I believe? You know, I've been a pastor for a very long time. And I can teach on many things, but what do I believe? You got your Bibles open to Mark chapter 16. I hope you didn't close it. Because it's not about what I say I believe. It's what do I believe. 
A lot of Christians, like, you know, I'm guilty as, as anybody. I say what I, I say, I believe in this, but do I really believe in it? We had a conversation on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and Tuesday, I think, and we're talking about hell. I can't remember how it all came up, but the reality of hell, is it real? There's Christians that don't believe that hell is real, and and we kind of look at them like, how can they do that? But then I thought, do we believe hell's real? <laughs> like, really believe? Because if we did, we'd be on the street. Right? It's like, hell is real. People are going to burn forever. Something should wake up in us that, man, I need to wake up. Anyways, that's, that's, I'm speaking to my. So I just want to put this out. Anything I say today is to me. Right? Not to you. You can take it if you want and not. It's to me. I'm speaking to Joe. Because remember, I'm asking God, what do I believe? And you need to ask God what you believe. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, say, they will. Cast out demons. They will. Speak with new tongues. They will. Pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I want to go to verse 17 again. It says, These signs will accompany those who have believed. And so when I ask God, you know, what do I believe? I want, this is what I, this is, I have, I have this question. What is the proof that I truly believe what I say I believe? These two things, I believe, are proof that you believe what you actually say you believe. One, you're actively pursuing that thing you say you believe. Right? You, that's, that's one sign. You're not going to pursue something you don't believe in. Does that make sense? Like, if, it may, if it's something I believe, I'm going to dedicate my life in learning how to do that. And I'm going to go after it. The second thing is evidence. One is that I'm pursuing it until I get the evidence. So if you say you believe in healing, but no one's getting healed, and you're just sitting there and you just have this, oh, I believe God is healing, God believes he's a healer, but there's no evidence in your life, then you don't believe he's a healer. Because this is these signs. In other words, if you believe, you should have evidence. Does that make sense? I'm almost done. (laughs) these are if I were to give you I was going to get asked I I brought a bunch of paper one day and was going to write down have everybody write this down and you can write it in your mind if I were to give you a piece of paper and say hey make a list of your priorities one through five right and you were to write it down. And you don't have to share this, just in your brain, or you can write it down right now. What are the top five priorities of your life? <clears throat> and if you were to... Okay, say I wrote my priorities list. I wrote it down, and obviously number one is spend time with God. Right? That's, that's the Christian answer. 
Priority number one is spend time with God. And that should be. But how many know if I spend 15 minutes a, a week with God, that ain't a priority. That priority list is a wish list. Right? I'm just being real. Because I want to see a people that Jesus did everything. He was... He never preached something and not do it. He did everything. Like he was the full manifestation of the word of God. Amen. Like he is he believed everything he said. And I want to get to a place where I'm I'm just Now think about this. This is this verse James chapter 2 verse I think it's 19 it says even the demons believe in God and even they have evidence what do they do when they believe in God it says they shudder or tremble (laughs) their belief has an evidence so if even demons have evidence of their belief shouldn't we it shouldn't just be talk right Paul says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power it's not just what I say with my mouth. Saying is important because even this verse right after, verse 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. They believed the message they were preaching, and because they believed the message, God confirmed it with signs. Belief should have evidence. I'm just speaking to myself. I'm like, God, I've coasted through life sometimes, and I've said I believe these things, but I don't see the fruit of it. I want you to fix that, God. I want to change this up. I, I want to, when I say something, I want to see it manifest. Like this ascension thing, last night I was in my house. I was stepping in, stepping out. I was, you know, I was, I was practicing because I want to ascend, right? I want to experience, you know, I've had encounters, amazing encounters with God. Where even where it feels like he's folding me inwards. It's, I can't even explain, it's weird. keep telling people what you believe but now it's time to turn it up and show people what we believe we need to show the world that God is the healer you know it's one thing to tell everybody God heals but then we don't demonstrate it let's go after it I mean he says he is you know the very first you know in the Bible up to a certain point every every name that was given to God was given to him by a man like he was the Lord is this is the Lord is my provider and but the first name he gives to humanity by him he says of himself he calls himself is the Lord is the healer Jehovah Rapha he he tells the people I am the healer he names himself for the first time names I want you to turn your Bibles to uh, First John. Man, I'm gonna finish this in five minutes. I remember one time I led worship for a Sunday service at our church, and my senior my senior pastor was preaching that day. 
I wouldn't do this all. So I got up there and I felt. I remember the chord. I I remember to this day. This was many many years ago. The chord was E minor. <laughs> I remember clearly, and I got up there and I started playing the E minor chord, and that's all I played. And I heard the Lord say, "Sit down." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> I don't know how my pastor's going to take this. I played the E minor chord for maybe 30 seconds. And he said, sit down. I said, all right. Took it off, put it on the, put it on the stand, sat down. My pastor said, all right. Got into it and started preaching the word. Like, he didn't bat an eye. He just went up there and never said anything after me. And he was like, gave him preach, preach the word. I don't know why God told me to do that. I knew it was him, though. Like it was so strong, I inside was like trembling, you know. Anyways, first John chapter four. Verse twenty. Got it, say Amen. First John chapter four, verse twenty. It says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Say liar. You gotta you you gotta add that the ghetto. He's a liar. <laughs> liar set him on fire. If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So in other words, if I believe that I love God, the evidence should be that I love my brother. I'm just trying to point out a fact that we have to move from this is what I believe to this is what I believe. We are called what? Believers. <laughs> and you live from your identity. Like you're, you, who you believe you are, that's who you right? As a man thinks, so he is. I want to mask, I want to Manifest the believing life. I, I want to, in all things, you know, just be so. Finances, whatever it is, I don't want to tell people, oh, God will supply your needs and never have it happen. I remember, I, I the church, our church was called Jubilee, and the Lord rebuked me because He said, Joe, your name is Jubilee. Why are the people in debt at your church? Yikes, you're right. And so I went on this campaign, if you will, and I started praying for the cancellation of debts and thousands of dollars canceled. <clears throat> I remember I went to a youth retreat. Yeah, I went to a youth retreat and, uh, in Kentucky and I met this businessman and for some reason he just started sharing with me that he was in debt. <laughs> like, I don't know why he's telling me this because I don't know this guy. And so he's like, man, I'm in, you know, I think he's like, he's a lot of debt, 50000 or something. He's a businessman. I said, hey, can I pray for you? I believe God can cancel these debts. So I pray for him, and I give him my email and say, if you hear anything, just let me know. And I go back home, pray a few days later, I get an email. Man, you do not know, you will not believe what just happened. They just canceled $18,000 of my debt. 
hey, praise God. And so I, I kept praying for all these different people, and I had college students who were against what I was preaching. But they came anyways, and they stood, and I said, I'm going to cancel your debt, and I prayed for them. And they go back to, they get called into the uh, registrar's office to pay for their debt. One of them, and they had, had video, but I can't find it anymore. And they go in to pay for their their tuition, and the person says, we owe you money. <laughs> and he's like, what the heck? And so this happened a few times where people uh, completely debt-free. Someone, at our, a girl at our church prayed for her. She had, you know, she was four years, I think, in of college, and so she had a lot of debt. Prayed for her. She came back to me and said, someone just came after you prayed and paid off my entire college tuition. It's <laughs> pretty awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. But my favorite one was... I got an email from this this lady. I don't even know who she is. And she sends me this email and she's I just want to let you know that you prayed for debt cancellation for me and and just for money to be found and all that stuff. And so she sends me this email and tells me that her she was in a legal battle. She was working for a company and so a bunch of people at the company were in this legal battle to get paid for something. And it was taking 5 years. It took it was over 5 years. And they, they probably forgot about it at this point. And then prayed for her. And within that week, she t- she emails me and she says, you will not believe I finally got paid. You know how much it was? <laughs> $5.27 or something like that. And to me, that is more impressive than someone who gets 10000 The fact that God cared about $5.27 and said, that belongs to my daughter man that's awesome there's a lot of uh, just different things that happen and but see I want to go after it all I want to see manifestation of everything I want to see people grow out their legs I want to see eyeballs you know Michelle prayed for a lady in Africa and her eyeball reappeared and Todd Bentley and Heidi Baker prayed for for, for this guy right before her and nothing happened and then my wife stepped up and then pow the eye and then she took Heidi Baker and they went shoe shopping. And <laughs> That's pretty much all I got to say. <laughs> Is that, what do you believe? Not what do you say do you believe, what do you believe? Put a demand on your life. Like, God, I, I need to see this. I want to be, you say I'm powerful, then I want to, see that power manifested you say I'm this a healer then I need to see people healed but I mean it's not going to happen if we sit in our chairs and do nothing simple message it's kind of like preaching to the choir but I think I mean I knew this right we all know Christianity is not about talk every other religion talks we're about demonstration we're about 
the reality of another world invading this world. We are about people being saved and becoming radical for Jesus and like St. Patrick. I'm excited for the future. I want to encourage you. You know, go home and ask God. God loves questions. Like uh, Justin was saying that questions open up a whole new realm. Like, you just, more questions. And, you know, it's not like God, have you ever seen those cartoons or whatever? This little kid asks a question and then the guy gives an answer. Why? I don't know. Because, why? Why? You know, it's like it never ends. God doesn't mind that. I mean, if it's done in wonder, you know, curiosity, like, man, why God? I want to learn. I want not of, yeah, not challenging or rebelling against God and or unbelief, right? It's. Anyways, let's stand. Look at that. It's early. Hey man, we can do it. Let's just see what happens. All right. I I preached in the East Coast at a youth retreat seven times for one youth retreat. I was just making up things by the end of it. I was like, I don't know anymore about God. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot of talking, man. <laughs> but that's one thing about Koreans. They will work you. <laughs> they will work you, but they will feed you well. That's that's one thing Koreans will do. They will give you a good meal. But, man, you will be dead tired. Even Heidi Baker says, oh, I love Koreans. They feed you well, but, man, they work you really hard. <laughs> I'll be going to Korea soon. Pray for me. Going in April. We will be going to North Korea's the border, and I'm going to be praying and prophesying, and and I'm praying that the division will be broken on this last trip. Well, not the last trip, but you know, I spoke seven times, and then I had to go to the church that was hosting me, and I spoke there in the morning. Okay, my the pastor who invited me was he was uh, he's like he's a spiritual father. He so he came to the last night of the youth retreat, or the college retreat, actually. And I felt like the Lord said to my uh, spiritual father, I said, I think you need to embrace the, the people as they come up and just tell them, show them the Father's love. You know, and so that's all he needed to do. That's all I said, told him to do. He's like, okay. And he talks very raspy. He's like, okay. <laughs> right? And so... There's about 50 or 60 people in the room, and he's these people are coming up, and he's embracing them. And I step away, right? And I'm just watching him. And he would spend like 20 minutes on each person. <laughs> and I just told him, you just need to hug them, right? Just tell them, you know, you love them, whatever. And so I was, I was watching, and I was like, oh, I better give him something to drink. So I took a bottle of water, walked to him. Hey, Pastor Q, are you thirsty? He's like, man. I'm doing your job. <laughs> so the next day, he told the whole church, 
Hey, Pastor Joe's going to pray for every single one of you tonight for the debt cancellation. <laughs> and I did. Every single person. And that's where a lot of the debts came canceled. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that there's no condemnation, but there is a challenge, God. There is... I, Holy Spirit, I pray for a conviction that we would live authentically, that we would, like you, Jesus, be the Word of God, that we would be the Word, not that we would just love, that we would become love in everything that we do, that the things that we say and believe, God, would be manifest, that people look at us and they know, man, that guy believes in healing, or that, 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 that woman believes in the, the love of God something in our lives that we would manifest it in the natural God that the things that we claim about the spiritual realm that we would begin to see it happen in the natural realm God I pray that there would be a deep conviction in my heart that I would not just turn on the cruise control and just go through day day by day thinking I believe something when I really don't that God you would convict me and show me Joe I'm going to bring you up to the standard of what this is I want to, I'm going to make you believe, Joe, what you say you believe. God, I invite that. I invite the journey. I invite the, the, the rebuke, the correction, whatever need, needs to be done in my own heart, that, God, that you would do it. Not the, the compulsion or not the, the guilt of any person, but by your spirit, God, that you would convict me and I would live the life that you designed me to live. Not a theoretical Christian. I want to be a purposeful, I want, I want to be the Word of God Christian. Help me, God. I want you guys just to begin to pray for yourself. If you feel like God, you want God to do this, you pray. It's your life. It's your walk with Jesus, not mine. So I want you to take ownership right now. Just begin to invite God and say, God, help me to believe what I say I believe. 